Well, I can see you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff, Code, and Beaver. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ching, jingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for Buff, Code, and Beaver, no juice. Oh, why? Come on, no, that's a little... All denominations are welcome here on Buff Coat and Beaver, a Beavis and Butthead podcast. So long as you acknowledge that this is our Christmas special, we here at Buff Coat and Beaver HQ don't play that happy holidays PC bullshit. Adam, am I right? Well, you know, I've never met a more devout Methodist than you. So, um, yes, you are allowed to put the Christ back in the Buff Coat and Beaver Beavis <laughs> Beaver Christmas special. Oh, man, we've been away for about a month and a half, but our ability to just mutter, sputtering nonsense to start a show, I'd say we're right in mid-season form, my man. We are back, though. It's better uh, than the end of our shows. Well, that's uh, what, what a high bar to clear. But we are back from sabbatical for a special little discussion. We're here to chat about Beavis and Butthead do Christmas. As I said, a Christmas special, which involves the segments Ha Ha Humbug, and it's a miserable life. But before we get into that, I'm seeing something. It says here that we have a guest. So let me check into my digital waiting room here. And uh, whoa, a chick. Hey, baby. Hey. Oh, that's no chick. That's friend of the show, Sarah Hill. Back for her third visit. Round of applause. Thank you. Sarah, yeah. Yes. Um, last time you were here, we commemorated. Not only you were our only guest. You are our only two-time guest. Two-time guest before anybody else was a one-time guest. That's actually since changed. We've had somebody on twice, but I was going to be goddamned if anybody beat Sarah to the three-timer club. So welcome back. Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel I, I didn't want to come on again after Sean Beard because he was so good. Neither did we. Yeah, yeah. He uh, but honestly, like he begged and pleaded. He wanted to be on this episode more than anything, and I said no. I was gonna burn that bridge to the ground just to have my good friend Sarah back. But you're back for a couple reasons. One, because you're a big fan of Christmas themed media, so that seems to be a good time back. But also, and this is unrelated to what we're gonna talk about, but um, a weird recurring theme of your guest spots has been uh, penis envy, like specifically how it relates to. Uh, urinating while driving. Well, wouldn't you know it, you have an update on this. Uh, a, a weird story, so much so that I was instructed, do not tell Adam. I want to bring this up on the podcast. So Sarah, the floor is yours. So you didn't share anything with him before? No. It's, well, <clears throat> for okay. people who need a refresher, Sarah for years has insisted, insisted it'd be easier to be a man because you had to pee while driving. You can just piss into a bottle. That's that's as much preamble as you need. But now uh, you have you have a little update. Um, yeah. So I've always had this thing where I'm just like, you know, you're driving along, you have to go pee, or you're standing in line, like at a concert, whatever. And as a woman, you can't just pee. Like you're stuck until you can find a restroom, and then you know there's 175 people in line, so you still can't go. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned before, but like my sisters tried to come up with hacks. Like she, we went to her concert, and she bought a popcorn bucket. She was like, yeah, I'm just gonna eat all the popcorn and then I can stand there and pee into this bucket. And so she told 
told us like both to wear skirts because then we could just use the bucket and I'm like okay but then we're gonna have a bucket full of pee like going through thousands of people because we have to find somewhere to drain it I guess and reuse it I don't know <laughs> so anyway I had heard of this product called the Shiwi which basically is this thing that I'm holding right here that is like a funnel it's a pee funnel so you can like stick it on your meat I guess and you just like pee into it and it goes down this long tube so I'm like okay this is perfect we're going to a concert this summer I'm gonna I am going to pee in the car just to prove like that I can do this now and it's amazing so Normally, I would never like pre-drink before we get into the car because like I wouldn't be able to go to the bathroom until we get to the concert. But I did this time. As soon as we pull out of the garage, I was like, yes, I have to pee. I could use the shiwi before we hit the first stoplight. And my husband was like, I don't know why he was so mad about it. But he was like, we just left. And I'm like, don't worry. I've got the shiwi. And I had like an empty Starbucks grande cup. So I <laughs> got the cup out. And I immediately realized like once I started using this thing that like it is really, really hard to pee when you have like an eight inch hard schlong like I measured it it's like eight and a half inches and I was like I think I was drunk at the time because I didn't really realize that this comes off and I could have just used the shortened funnel <laughs> so I was like sitting there trying like it's so hard I was like leaning back in the seat like this like with this giant penis trying to put it in this Starbucks cup and it just went everywhere because it doesn't this doesn't bend so then I had like this light jean skirt on because I still had the skirt we always wear skirts as a backup you know for the pop corn bucket in case this doesn't work out or like if it doesn't make it through security yeah, it's, they see it as like a weapon so yeah my whole skirt was like dark immediately there's pee all over the seat but this is I have this other thing where I'm like never have a nice car because then you don't have to worry about destroying it and also we have a toddler so I was drunk and I was like it's fine he's probably peed in the car before too <laughs> there we go but, there's <laughs> in the car it's fine. yeah but I, yeah, so my husband was, like, really, really mad after that <laughs> because there was pee in the car. But I had, like, drank so much water and alcohol that I, I peed, like, at least 10 times by the time we got to the concert. So it was just, like, soaked. I had to, like, throw the pee cup out the window multiple times. Um, so long story short, this didn't work at all. Um <laughs> Well, this episode I, brought to you by our new sponsor, Shiwi. <laughs> but I was like looking, I was looking it up later and I realized that for one, like you can take the funnel off. So like, I guess this is only if you for some reason need to pee somewhere that is like far away from your pee hole. Um, and two, like they make another one that's flexible. So I'm pretty, so obviously people have encountered this thing where they're like, oh, I can't have an erect penis and be peeing. Right. And, and I will say it the hard one should come with a towel, like for that, like so you could drape it over. But yeah, what? Why is it? And also, like they give you this little container to put it in. But I even then, when I was using it, I was like, this container must be so disgusting at oh, this point because I've used it so many times and it's just like dribbling in here. I and like just, just side note, I won't share this like with the listeners. I have some photos of the immediate aftermath and. And, oh, like, oh no! If if ever yeah. like, like Sarah, if ever you wanted to be a sex pot, it would immediately ruin your your reputation. I mean, my there are no there's no personally identifiable information on that, so it's just my butt, and you can see like the big P spot, so you could share it. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> if we ever get access to our Facebook account again, yes, it'll be the first thing that comes up. But I think we've solved the mystery: being a man is harder than being a woman. Can we all agree with that now? Oh, um, yeah, totally. Okay, totally. Have, hell yeah. That's, I, <laughs> I still have a lot of questions. 
but that's it. We can move on. But yeah. that, good on you for trying. But man, that it seemed like a bad. I, when you held it up there and I saw the size of it, it's like that. That's not going to work. No, it didn't. But I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't try peeing in the bottle, which was what I really wanted to do. But I mean, that's a different thing because like your helmet definitely would not fit in a bottle. And I can see how like it would need to go in well, the bottle. It's so almost as I've been making that point to you for decades. Like, that, like this, I, you know, okay, you know, we're off track. Battle the men. Battle the sexes is resolved. How about we get into some Christmas theme media, gang? We good? So anti-Semitism done. P talk done. P talk done. What do you say? Giddy up, giddy up. Let's go. Let's look at the show. Ha ha humbug. Our first segment today aired December nineteenth, nineteen ninety-five. It was the seventh episode of season six. Now there were a lot of writing credits kind of scattered about between Ha Ha Humbug and It's a Miserable Life. I don't know who wrote what. I just loved on IMDb that both Charles Dickens and Philip Van Doren were given writing credits, since these are actually, you know, adaptations of their work. But uh, yeah, this one was directed by Mike Judge and Mike DeCeve. Synopsis. Three ghosts visit Beavis while he tries to have a private moment. Adam, we'll start with you. What do you got to say about Ha Ha Humbug? I thought of Sarah both of these episodes because there's no music videos. There was no music videos, and you didn't have to suffer through any. So, Merry Christmas, Ms. Sarah. Um, so, yeah, I'll just kind of run down uh, what happens in Ha Ha Humbug, where I am always happy when my man, the chubby manager, makes an appearance. Ugh. And he does early on, giving Beavis a lecture, uh, because he catches Beavis... Like grilling a rat on the uh, on the grill, uh, where it kind of starts off and it looks like it's snowing, but it's actually uh, seasoning going onto the rat. I I love that. Like first, I do think it is kind of. I mean, you, you could guess that they're probably going to do like a joke, but I thought that was a good reveal. And it's just like he's he's going to town on that. I think it was a mouse because he does say yes. not a creature with scurry, but like he's like flattening it, like going like. He's putting a lot of gusto. Beavis really wanted to torture that poor mouse. Yeah. And this is, didn't he have a mouse family in a, a couple episodes that he really took a liking to? And that kind of goes uh, counter to There was an episode, yeah, the rat, ep- he befriended a rat. Yeah. That, was, that was down the line, though. That was a more Fair mature enough. Beavis. Um, so the manager's lecturing Beavis. Uh, he actually falls asleep. Well, he actually, the whole premise is, hey, put yourself in my shoes how would you uh, how would you expect me to react blah 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 and um beavis falls asleep during this and here comes a christmas carol enter the christmas carol subject matter uh but i like that in his dream mcvicker is the employee <laughs> like just yeah. immediately i love that he's the employee and as far as the mcvicker shakes go he's like at a 10 when Beavis is uh, the manager, he's really shaking at the grill. I, uh, I like to like, cause well, the manager is saying like, cause he makes, he just throws in what would your principal think? Because like, I'm, and this isn't a complaint because Nick Vicker is a better vessel for like the, you know, the Christmas Carol thing, but like he has to throw it in. Cause, but why wouldn't Beavis be imagining the, uh, the, the manager is instead of principal Nick Vicker when he's giving the lecture again, not a complaint. Cause Nick Vicker is a better character for this, but, uh, that's, I liked it. Cause you expected the manager to be there, but no, it's yeah. Mick Vicker. Um, Mick Vicker wants to go home early. Butthead wants to go home early. 
and uh, Beavis yells at them, and he goes, <laughs> he just said, we'd all like to go home and spank our monkeys. And uh, <laughs> that's actually exactly what he uh, goes and does. I loved when he left the restaurant that he has a fedora and a trench coat. <laughs> he's been working so hard, like he's back in the 50s. Um, so he goes home and uh, pops on Ebenezer Screw, <laughs> the <laughs> adult film, and uh, st- st- starring Tiny Johnson and Bob Scratchett. Bob Scratchett, yes. <laughs> um, and then Butthead uh, is introduced as the third star, but it's actually the ghost of Butthead, which he offers like as little direction as possible. He just goes, you will be visited by a ghost or something. He kind of forgets why he's there a couple of times and then goes back into the TV. Uh, ghost of Christmas Pass is Anderson. Um, and essentially every Christmas since the age of five has been the exact same for Beavis and Butthead. Um, Van Driesen is the ghost of Christmas present Um, what I liked about this interaction is Beavis says since you're a ghost can you get me into the girls bathroom and then he goes I'll give you a quarter (laughs) 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 that's so stupid Um, but uh, Van Driesen shows him McVicker's family who look all they're all McVicker (laughs) (laughs) they're all shaking they all look exactly like him they're very poor. They have no food. And even, grew- even the wife has has the shakes, which... <laughs> yes. One of the kids is, like, grossly bald at, like, age four. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... McVicker's family is waiting for any food, and uh, McVicker brings home a Happy Meal. That's all he has. Uh, I think Beavis thinks that he should be fired for stealing food. Uh, and then uh, Buzzcut is the principle of future uh, Christmases. And then uh, Beavis doesn't buy that the future of him, you know, uh, dying or McVicker. Uh, I, I can't even remember what the future was. It just Beavis hated it and said, this isn't the future. And he dreams within this dream. And it's just him at Burger World with people with Star Trek uniforms. And he's like a Terminator. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a Terminator. <laughs> he comes in and just blasts everything. And he shoots Butthead in the Nards twice. Um, can, can I say, I mean, I like this segment fine, but, you know, this one's a little longer. That definitely had the feel of, well, we need something to stretch this out here. Because yeah. it wasn't, <laughs> throwing a Terminator into a Christmas carol <laughs> is an, it's an odd fit. Uh, it ends, uh, ends with Beavis thinking the future is bright because, uh, he owns a VCR and has a porno. <laughs> so <laughs> all the lessons learned right there. I really like this one. Um, I thought it was great with Beavis. The McVickers killed me in general. The McVicker, the, just the employee, and then uh, all of his family really made me laugh. So I like this one. How about you guys? Um, so... I've seen this one quite a few times in the past, but I don't know if I'm allowed to to mention this, but since I've seen all of the new Beavis and Butthead episodes, it's kind of given me like a different lens through which to view these. So like now, anytime I see an episode where Beavis is at Burger World, I think about the, the new episodes where 
specifically the one where he has to go to the unemployment office and he's like, yeah, I think I got fired like a couple weeks ago, but it turned out he got, had been fired from Burger World like 23 years yeah. ago or something and never worked again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I absolutely love the old Beavis and Butthead um, in the new series so much. So I just, I, yeah, I can't like watch these now without thinking about that. But <clears throat> um. I uh, kind of go back. Yeah, well, you know, Adam, you know, this is a nice another talk about your hero, the Burger World manager. Yeah, perfect, perfectly in character for him to be bragging about all the ambition it took to graduate high school to be assistant manager while a teenager falls asleep. Just what a what a fucking loser. I'm, it's just come on. We're, yeah, we're we're all divided there. Um, <clears throat> I do like, um, I couldn't find whether or not Ebenezer Screw is an actual porno, but uh, are you guys familiar with the uh, term getting the Ebenezer Screw? No. The Ebenezer Screw, I guess, is uh, what they say when you are fired just before Christmas. Oh. You get the old Ebenezer Screw. Okay. Um, so just something else I learned. Yeah, I, I did like... Um, I actually... I worked for a company that fired somebody like a day or two before Thanksgiving because they said, why pay for, why pay somebody for two extra days when you know you don't want them? Mm. And they were like, they put it like, you know, that it just makes sense. Like, that's just what you do. Yeah. Why waste money? Yeah. That's not cold hard at all. Um, no. I like, you know, the more like the McVicker stuff. Like, I mean, I do like all the shaking too. I also love that one of the kid, like when they're sitting around waiting for dad to bring something home, but what if like, with actual excitement in his voice says, I hope he brings home a big, huge bag from the dumpster. <laughs> and then all to just reveal that, yes, they have one hamburger and one order of fries to share. Um, the end, like you didn't mention, it's kind of got sort of an iconic shot where he shows him the tombstone that says, here lies Beavis, he never scored. Which I always like is like a, a still I don't think it really landed that well in the episode, though. I, I mean, just because, well, you know, Christmas Carol's got, the, you know, the big reveal with the gravestone is so kind of iconic. And this one, we see what the gravestone says before Beavis does. And I get not having, like, a real reaction, except, like, the one thing that Beavis will sometimes get really animated about is the fact that he doesn't score, like, even as a teenager. So I, I, don't, I don't know. That one... I, I think it works better almost as like a meme or whatever than actually seen like in the episode, but that's just kind of a, a small thing. Um, otherwise, yeah, I, I'm with you. I like this one a lot. I think it, it does good things with the source material and um, just, yeah, a lot of stuff and um, yeah, a lot of stuff. That's my analysis. A lot of good stuff with the, uh, the McVicker clan, but uh, Sarah, you, you haven't, haven't spoken much. What do you got to say about ha ha humbug? <clears throat> Um, I don't, I don't know, maybe this is kind of stupid, but it reminded me of when I was a teenager and you know how like you would be flipping through cable or whatever, and then you would just sit there and like read all the, the triple X movie titles. And I just would think that was the funniest thing ever seeing like Saving Ryan's Private <laughs> or School of Cock, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh. I didn't really have anything else to add to that one. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, um... what's the uh, statue of limitations on the Ebenezer screw here? I know this is vaguely just referencing the episode, though. Like, 
if you fire somebody in December or get fired, like, is it two weeks before? Is it a couple of days before? What, what's the, where's the cutoff here? Uh, you know, I, I just did a brief uh, urban dictionary search, and I, I, I don't know. I didn't get the cutoff. I'm sorry. But would it help if I sang the, uh, the Rodriguez song, Cause, that references getting fired two weeks before Christmas? Would that? Oh, no. I, I didn't know that. Can we tag that on well, towards well, the end of the yeah, episode? Yeah, well, I mean, I was going to sing myself, but, you know, I'll leave it to Sixto to, to sing us home. So um, ah, now it feels weird that we don't have videos, which I know is a celebration for Sarah. But um, do we have anything else to add here? That was a good start to the Christmas special. We could get into Sarah real quickly, though. What If you love Christmas media, what what's your favorite Christmas media? What brings you to this Christmas media episode? Um, do you mean by Christmas media, like specifically Beavis and Butthead related, it or just anything, anything Christmas? I, I'm open for anything. Um, I don't know. I guess I've sort of had like a crisis with this the past few years because I'm like, I'm not religious. I just, I guess I like all the fanfare about it like all the sparkly stuff and everybody feels so happy and the music is happy and upbeat i don't know if that's enough to say that i love christmas but yeah it's nothing substantial well, okay. this, i'll put it like that can I, can I point out, like sarah i think literally the maddest i've ever seen you with me is i watched the movie christmas with the cranks with you and didn't laugh like you were okay i do love that movie i just i like wholesome family fun is that so bad there's nothing (laughs) wrong with that that's uh uh, i i thought about me what what, wait what if there was a movie called christmas with crank the jason statham character adam what would that sound like um i i caught half of that so uh, you're you're referencing crank too high voltage sure (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Nobody can fuck. If no, eh, I don't know. I'm just concerned that apparently nobody can fucking hear what I'm saying. This one's going to be. I, I know. I'm wondering if we're going to have to re record it oh, because no. you keep cutting out. Well, um, whatever. We'll go to a break. I mean, <laughs> we can, we can I, just cut Clay out of the whole I, thing. I, 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 that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm already in a bad mood and I don't even know if it sounds bad, but uh, we'll, we'll be right back. Maybe we... you should watch a Christmas movie. I mean, oh. my favorite Christmas movie is Bad Santa. So that's not very wholesome family fun, but it's very funny. And I dare you to sit through that and not laugh. Oh, okay. Challenge accepted. Have you not seen it? Never seen it. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, you guys will like it. Okay. Well, well, I mean, he beats up a bunch of kids in it. All right. Well, well, it's definitely like not. (laughs) It's not Christmas with the Cranks, and it's not the Santa Claus. Well, all right. Well, we'll pop that in real quick, and we'll be back after these words from the folks today. Cause I lost my job two weeks before Christmas. And I talked to Jesus at the sewer. And the Pope said it was none of his goddamn business.
If I don't find the best Christmas deals, my heart's gonna explode. That's nice. That's, yeah. that, that's Christmas with Crank, the Jason. Yeah, Stokes I like character. that. Uh, I, I don't know what part of that made it through the first half, but uh, yeah. Uh, we're back to talk about It's a Misery. It is funny, the Christmas with Crank. I Thanks. like Crank. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's a funny word. I mean, just. Uh, but uh, anyway, Adam, you've got some background information on the second episode we're talking about. It's a miserable life. Yes, it's a miserable life is um, the second part of this. So uh, it was on December nineteenth, nineteen ninety-five. It's a. Uh, I'm going to read the Wikipedia here. So okay. it's a parody of "It's a Wonderful Life." The duo are visited by a guardian angel who show butthead everyone in Highland would be better if life had not had been born. So I'll leave it at that. Clay, if you want to take it away. Okay, so I do, I enjoy the opening montage of, you know, the characters praying that Beavis and Butthead will go away. Weirdly enough, Van Driesen's even there because what if they breed? Which is a, <laughs> a fun concern. I also like that McVicker is straight up begging God to kill them, which is in character, but it's maybe more blunt than you'd, you'd normally hear. But I... I don't know. I thought this one really kind of sputters out of the gate, mainly because, um, you know, for the for the it's a wonderful life parody to work. You you need to split the boys apart. But I mean, you needed to do that in the first episode and they did it relatively well. This one just kind of it goes on for a long time and we get segments at the end that are kind of repeated and just kind of feel arbitrary like. Well, first, I mean, they go to the Maxi Mart on Christmas to meet chicks, which that's very funny. That's that's uh, <laughs> a highlight of the episode for me. But like they go to the on an icy bridge and their guardian angel, Charlie, falls in, which, you know, is also the I mean, just jump ahead. It's the climax of the episode. So why is it happening again in the first 30 seconds? And um, and eventually they just like, well, Beavis needs to disappear. It's like, oh, OK, let's. uh just make it happen. Um, I just kind of, I, you know, and, you know, well, I, I don't know. Th- this might be the last episode we do. I don't think it will. But uh, I'm going to do a turnabout face. This has actually been an anti-Mike Judge podcast the whole time. So oh. I'm going to flame his incompetent ass. Wow. Um, well, not so much. No, I like Mike Judge. But I will say one criticism, like when he does kind of longer stuff, he's not always great at finding ways to move the story along in a convincing fashion. Like, I love Office Space. Like, it's a movie I probably watch every couple of years and I always enjoy. But one thing that always bugged me, like, the whole crux of it is him being hypnotized. And then just in the car at, like, the midway point of the movie, he's just like, oh, man, I think the hypnotism's wearing off. Like, just... What? That was the that was the whole point of the movie, and I think we get a little bit of that here. Just like, why did why was Beavis in the story at the start? Just I don't know. Am I am I being too nitpicky? No, I'm with you on this one. I, I, I'm with you. It's just too long. It's it's got to be 14 minutes or whatever. And yeah, it, Charlie's fine. You know. They're going to kind of fall into the rhythm themselves, and then he doesn't do it. Yeah, I'm with you on this, but I will. I do like the little things. I did like the mad about you. I'm mad about Christmas, <laughs> and I'm mad about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, 
Yeah, that little... Yeah, the whole Charlie... I mean, the whole point of the episode is to have Charlie in it, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, this this one didn't do it for me as much as the first. I feel like this isn't the only episode where there, where Beavis is better without Butthead. Let's, yeah, well, I do... I kind of want to get it, like, because, like, once it gets into the actual It's a Wonderful Life thing with just Butthead and Charlie, there is some good stuff. I mean, yeah, because he visits Anderson's yard, which is immaculate, until Butthead accidentally destroys his Christmas display, which I do like that he can interact. He can still interact with the world. <laughs> I did like that touch. Um, yeah, and then we see Mick Vicker, who, by the way, what a great quaff of hair he had. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he looked, I mean, I mean, it kind of looked like Johnny Bravo, but with black hair. <laughs> and, um, and I also like, and yeah, we get to... Um, yeah, kind of what Sarah alluded to, a soup kitchen where a kind of bossy but also fair and cooler version of Stuart is leading. Uh, like, he's he's in charge of the soup kitchen. We know he's cooler because he's wearing a poison t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but then also, yes, we see new follower Beavis, who is now in a winger t-shirt. And um, this, I really think they get this right, because we talked about this a little bit because... It's like, well, how good would Beavis be without Butthead? And the answer is he'd be better, but he'd still, there's still, like, he, he wouldn't be. He'd be a follower. Yeah, well, one, yes, because he is still kind of a mindless follower um, to, to Stuart this time. But also, uh, Butthead introduces the word bunghole to his vocabulary for the first time, and you do see him kind of entranced. Mm-hmm. That, I thought, was the best part of the episode. They kind of got that, that right. And then, but yeah, they get to the end, and... You know, normally, I think you would know, you guys would both know this about me. I love real when they take kind of source material and put a dark turn on it. Charlie, like, actually encouraging Butthead to commit suicide because life would be better. That should be right up my alley. But this, I was just kind of like, eh, I don't, I, it's, it's fine. But, like, yeah, he falls in the river for the second time, which, like, we already saw just kind of, yeah, I'm with you. Like this one probably could have been cut in half. Though I do like I do like the closing line of Butthead. Even though the world sucks, it would probably suck even worse without us. Which is, uh, <laughs> I, I think I, I think it sums up my feelings of, of uh, this episode and just Beavis and Butthead all together. But uh, sure. I've talked enough. Sarah, you haven't gone any long monologue. <clears throat> Give us your. Um... Yeah, I I guess I just I feel like these Christmas episodes just aren't as strong as a lot of the other episodes, but I always kind of have them on at the Christmas season because they're just it's nice to even though I said I like wholesome family fun, like it's nice to have stuff like Bad Santa or Beavis and Butthead so you don't have to feel like such a part of the crowd, I guess. I don't know. If that makes sense. But what, how how do you, how do you feel of this as a as an it's a wonderful life parody? I imagine you've seen that movie. Um Actually, I don't know if I've seen it all the way through, which sounds horrible. But, um, man, maybe I was too busy watching Christmas with the Cranks, which I've seen probably 50 times. Yeah, well, that's I, I have seen It's a Wonderful Life, but it's been so long ago that I just I can't remember the details of it like I can with a Tim Allen Christmas flight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like that's one of those movies that was always on. And I don't know. I feel like when I was younger... Maybe I was just less aware, but I feel like there were four Christmas movies. You know what I mean? And now there's mm-hmm. so many Christmas movies. But I th- I'm in the same way. I think I've seen It's a Wonderful Life all the way through, but not all the way through. Like, I've seen the first half here at this family <clears throat> members, 
and then two years later I saw the other half of it, you know, and our household, it was always a Christmas story that was on because that's the one that they play 24 hours a day, like the, the days leading up to Christmas. So. And, and, and can I say, I, I won't say, it's not fair to say it's ruined the movie. It's still a great movie. I can't watch a Christmas story anymore. It's. Yeah. The new one wasn't as bad as I thought it would be either, though, okay. with Peter Billingsley. Um, I, so. I, I've seen ads for it, but. Uh... I'm planning to watch that this week. I've been saving it. Yeah, it, it, I had low expectations. And I'm sure It's a Wonderful Life actually kicks the shit out of all of these movies. It's supposed to be like, uh, you know, a benchmark holiday movie. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't have any real strong opinions as a parody. I'm going to say it, uh, It's a Wonderful Life is better than Christmas with the Cranks. Well, here's a real question, guys. Does Die Hard count as a Christmas movie? No. This hasn't been debated. Oh, I'm so tired of yes. hearing okay. that debate. But I don't even want to pretend to have it anymore. Like, it, it's, no offense, but fuck you if, you really, if you're not sick of that debate. It's enough. It's enough. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, well, we don't have music videos. We kind of have still sort of a... I don't know if we call it filler, but other sort of segue here. We have uh, Letters to Santa Butthead was included. This was um, where Beavis, they actually, people wrote in letters to Beavis and Butthead, and we got their responses with Butthead dressed as Santa, and Beavis dressed like a reindeer with uh, sleigh bells in his mouth. Uh, to where okay, this was my favorite one. Like, uh, is it? Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, we can, I was going to say, talk about highlights. Sarah, you didn't have a lot to say about the episode, so go right ahead. <clears throat> Um, well, admittedly, you're probably never going to invite me back on the show after this, but I actually thought that we were only doing the letters to Santa Butthead for some reason. I don't know why, because I have seen the other two multiple, I've seen them so many times, honestly. Um, but I had not watched them in the past week. That's why I was like, I can't remember the specific details, but I just remember that they're, they're not my favorite episodes. Um, but I, I've always liked the letters to Santa Butthead. Uh, well, they... I feel like now we should have invited Sean. I mean, he is. Please, he is. please invite me back. I'm so sorry. I was so focused on my Shiwi and the letters to Santa Butthead, and then when you guys started talking about the other two episodes, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> Sean at least did the homework. I will say, though, like, I thought of, well, not you specifically, but, like, one of the letters was uh, to a, a woman who expressed sexual desires towards both of them. It was a 20-year-old woman named uh, Karen Cleavage. <laughs> and I thought of that because, Sarah, your sister's name is Karen, who's both a fan of this show and Beavis and Butthead. Um, she wrote the letter. Did she? I, I was going to, like... She was She was probably only four. I don't know. When did this episode air? Uh, 1995. Okay, she was five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't really know your sister. She doesn't strike me as someone who would write, like, you know, sexually charged letters. Though she did once tell me that she thought I had the vibe of a school shooter. So... I mean, she sent me pictures of her cleavage before and asked what I thought of the shirt. So I think her name could totally be Karen well, Cleavage. Well, there we go. That's, <laughs> that's uh, it's a, a nice speaking of the mind. You do have that vibe, though. So she's not wrong. Shut, <laughs> all right. Well, I, Adam, you. Well, what do you have to say about letters <laughs> to Santa Butthead? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> um. Uh, these these were I was surprised how many le- letters desiring Beavis there were. There, yeah. you know, they, it would put them over the top when they were desiring both, but the multiples with desiring Beavis and uh, getting fired up he was, and uh, and uh, Butthead was having none of it. So 
Uh, you know, I, I saw that this, this, so this episode aired December 19th, and the people had to have their letters in before, like, what, like the 16th? November 15th. Okay. So, See? Like, I watched it. <laughs> so that's, that's a pretty quick turnaround for animation these days. That's what I thought of. It's like, man, yeah. they kind of turn these around pretty quickly to get a script. And, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't a crazy amount of animation, but they still did it in that time frame back then. So I was impressed. Also, I felt like they should have had the mailing address as somewhere in Texas, not New York City. New York yeah. City! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, can anybody relate to the guy Boner who just wanted his dad to get off the crapper and spend quality time with the family? I think like I'm, with I'm the dad who's on the crapper. Now. Okay, okay, <laughs> like, well. I get multiple texts when I'm on the toilet, like ETA. <laughs> I actually, I have a friend and they, um, they have, I think he's like seven, and he told me that all his dad does is poop and lift weights. That's, uh, My God. Yeah, that's. <laughs> let's like is that a text from adam's daughter let's we, we, we can do <laughs> we'll keep her name off it but we, we we know who um all right so uh i think we oh, wait adam i have a question yeah. so do you have a multi-bathroom house or is it like a one holer and people are waiting to get up uh, we've, we've got multiple johns oh okay i was just wondering because like there have been situations in the past not necessarily me, but like maybe my sister, where the bathroom's taken and then you have to pee in the sink oh, or something. Yeah, nope. Thankfully, that in my in my old house back in the again, that's where a guy has an advantage though. You can just kind of go out in the backyard. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I actually have peed in the kitchen sink before, but that was because I broke my foot and I was just like, if I have to walk all the way to the back of the house, like I could just sit on the kitchen sink. Yep. Um, my urination habits are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my husband is not happy about that, but he didn't get like visibly mad because obviously I was partially crippled. But I could tell he was not happy. Did he walk, did just, he like, walk in on you midstream? Is what I'm. Doing. No, I told him later. I don't remember if I cleaned it. I think I just thought like that. Okay, so I thought urine is sterile because I learned that off a of dodgeball, but it's actually not sterile. <laughs> no. And so um, you don't want pee on any of your cooking surfaces. But it was a large sink and I rinsed it out. I mean, soap's being used there, right? That's that's the excuse yeah. you can go in the shower, right? Because you're using the soap and you're saving water. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, that's, I, I, I'll, I'll happily interrupt any discussion for urine talk, but until then... Uh, Best episode. I think we've already answered, but uh, Sarah, you go first. I mean, obviously, this was the best episode. Um, I So one of the letters was actually from uh, a female, and she... What did, did she say? Something like she was unattractive. I don't remember. But anyway, she had all these like super high standards for the man that she wants. And it reminded me like I know so many men who are just like heinous for so many reasons, but they only want to date models. And it's just like I don't know how this happens like to men where they just like they've never looked in a mirror and realized they have absolutely nothing to offer physically or like <laughs> job wise or conversationally. Um, Listen up, but, 80% yeah. of our audience. <laughs> So, um, I've never heard you say that you wanted to date models, but I, I think you could get a model. Oh, well. Um, yeah, no, so you, I just, no, it, was, it just made you. me laugh that it came from a female this time. <laughs> it was like, I have nothing to offer, but I want everything. Okay. So you're going, well, you're going with letters to Santa Butthead. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was, well, between It's a Miserable Life and Ha Ha Humbug, what's the best? Because that, that's the format, Sarah. 
You can't come in here and not do the homework and flaunt convention. Okay, but I have seen those episodes multiple times. Adam, what's your pick? <laughs> uh, the first one, Ha Ha Humbug, was way better than It's a Miserable Life. Uh, the uh, yeah, the the McVickers, the McVickers for the win on this one. So, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Ha Ha Humbug is uh, the winner. I was a little disappointed, and it's a wonderful or it's a miserable life. I I I hadn't watched it in a while. I thought it was better than it was, but um, well. Uh, Adam, do you want to tell people how to get a hold of us? And maybe not Facebook, because we still haven't figured that out. Uh, Twitter at Butthole and Joe, or email us at buffcoatandbeaverpod at gmail.com. Sarah, how do people get a hold of you? Um, I haven't been on Twitter for years, but I am on Facebook. I don't want to give up my Facebook. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but, they, I know that what they could do. They could write a letter to you and ask for me, and then you can contact me. And then, regardless, I will send a picture of your urine-soaked dress. Um, it was a jean skirt, but, yeah, I mean, you probably could just post that on Facebook. I don't, done yeah, and done. It'll probably be fine. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, we might be... <clears throat> ah! <laughs> Uh, let's just end there. This, this, let's, this might, there's like a 40% chance this is the last episode ever. So let's just end with me clearing my throat. Then, then why don't you tell your diarrhea story from today? Um, oh yeah, I, I ate, I ate at nine brothers pub in Lafayette, Indiana, and I, I got diarrhea. That's really all there is to it. You brought it up at the beginning of the call. I thought it was going to involve you pooping in your car or something. No, that's uh, like like you know, most people wait for the toilet, Sarah. We actually had a key poo in the car, and uh, uh, it just got stuck in the tube. And and, that, and now me and my dad aren't on speaking terms. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Goodbye. <laughs>